instructional techniques for the trainer and how people learn. Instructors work to see that learning takes place. When learning takes place, we can say the objective to affect behavioral change happens. You must ask yourself, what must the trainer strive to accomplish? Education has three distinct purposes, the discovery of knowledge, the dissemination of existing knowledge, and the translation of facts and knowledge into practical application of action on part of the student. This, then, is the basic nature of the trainer. Training is a critical extension of the formalized setting of an institution and is therefore mainly a communication issue. Effective communication requires information to be presented in a manner that affects the student's behavior. The trainer who directs a student within a particular problem or situation and or he or she does so explains the effects of status, discretionary principles and policies and other rules controlling the student recruits behavior and at the same time building a structural understanding of the correct procedures to implement. If properly presented and explained, after the conclusion of a situation on the basis of all attending circumstances known to the student, this will lead to effective learning. Learning may be said to have occurred when a student's actions and behavior are governed by all relevant information known to him or her at the time. Consequently, an instructor must be sensitive and knowledgeable about the factors that are involved in and affect the development of this learning. Perception and insight is a big part of that, perception being the basis of all learning. A combination of the senses directs bits of information called perceptions to the brain. The senses are the doors to the brain. The student's use of all of his or her perceptive abilities is extremely important, and it is essential that the trainer pay particular attention to the cultivation of these tools. Perceptions result when people give meaning to the sights and sounds that come their way. People base their actions on the way they believe things to be. Because the meaning derived from the information the senses furnish may depend on many factors within each person concerned, and because perceptions are the basis of all learning, a knowledge of the factors that affect the perceptual process is very important to every trainer. Among vitally important factors that affect a student's perceptions are physical organism, needs and requirements, goals and values, self-concept, the time and opportunity for perception, and the element of threat. The physical organism is the vehicle by which the individual becomes aware of and operates within the world which he or she is a part of. A person whose perceptual apparatus distorts reality is denied consideration to serve the community through law enforcement. Man's basic need is to maintain and enhance the organized self. This need affects all perceptions. Physiologically, we are what we perceive. A man has physical barriers to keep out things that will damage the physical being. Likewise, people have perceptual barriers that block the sights, sounds, and feelings that threaten them in a psychological way. Basic need, helping people learn, then requires ways to aid them in developing accurate perceptions in spite of their defense mechanisms. Since man's basic need is to maintain and enhance the self, the instructor must recognize that the student will resist or deny anything he or she asks of the student that the student may interpret as imperiling to this self. Perceptions depend on one's goals and values. Every experience and sensation funneled into one's central nervous system is colored by the individual's own beliefs and value structures. The precise kinds of commitments and philosophical outlooks the student holds are important for the FDO to know since this knowledge will assist him or her in predicting how the student will interpret the experiences and instruction he or she receives. Motivations are also a product of one's value structure. People pursue the more highly valued and cherished.
not seek after the things to which they assign less value and importance. Motivations are one of the most important factors in learning. Self-concept, or how a person pictures him or herself, is one of the most powerful determinants in learning. A student's image of self, described in terms as confident or insecure, have a great influence on the total perceptual process. Negative self-concepts inhibit the perceptual processes by introducing psychological barriers that tend to keep the student from receiving and then perceiving what the instructor intends. Learners who view themselves positively are less defensive and more ready to digest experiences by assimilating all of the instructions and demonstrations offered. It takes time and opportunity to perceive. The act of learning is dependent on earlier perceptions and on the availability of time to sense and relate this new knowledge to the earlier perceptions. The effectiveness of the use of a properly planned training syllabus is proportional to the consideration it gives to the time and opportunity factor in perception. Threat restricts perception. This fear adversely affects a student's perception by narrowing the perceptual field. Confronted with the threat, the student tends to limit his or her attention to the threatening object or condition he or she has recognized. Fright reduces the field of vision, and he or she focuses all perceptual faculties on whatever has generated fear. Learning is a psychological process, not a logical one. Trying to frighten students by threatening them with unsatisfactory reports or reprisals may make sense logically, but it is not effective psychologically. If the learning situation ever seems overwhelming, the student feels unable to handle all of the factors involved, and a threat exists. Insights involve the grouping of perceptions into meaningful wholes. It is essential to keep each student constantly receptive to new experiences and to work to help him or her realize the way that each separate piece relates to the total pattern of the task. Motivation is another major factor in getting students to learn. Motivation is probably the dominant force that governs the student's progress and ability to learn. Motivations may be tangible or intangible. They may be positive or negative. They may be subtle and difficult to identify, or they may be obvious. Negative motivations may engender fears, and the student may perceive them as threats. They are not as effective in promoting efficient learning as are positive motivations. The promise or achievement of rewards provide the positive motivations. The rewards may be personal or social. They may involve financial gain, satisfaction of the self-concept, or public recognition. Some motivations that the instructor can use to their advantage include the desire for personal gain, the desire for personal comfort or security, the desire for group approval, and the achievement of a favorable self-image or sense of achievement. Negative motivations in the form of reproof and threats should be avoided with all but the most overconfident and impulsive students. Slumps in learning are often due to slumps in motivation. The instructor must tailor teaching to maintaining the highest possible level of motivation and should be alert to detect and counter relapses in motivation that originate outside. Obstacles to learning are numerous and varied. They may range from disinterest and distractions to complete mental blocks and may originate from such different sources as a student's family troubles or his or her misconceptions based on previous instructions. Common obstacles to learning are the student's feeling of unfair treatment, impatience to proceed to more interesting operations, worry or lack of interest, physical discomfort, illness or fatigue, apathy fostered by poor instruction, fear, anxiety, or timidity. Learning by developing perceptions and combining them into insights is the process of forming performance habits and transferring the habits formed in one task to the performance of more complicated subsequent tasks. 
the influence of these small habits in the student's learning of the subsequent task is called transfer. Transfer is usually considered to be either positive or negative. Positive transfer describes an element of performance carried over that is useful to the correct performance of the subsequent task. Negative transfer describes an element of performance that hinders, or at the very least does not aid, the correct performance of the new task. It is the instructor's responsibility to insist on correct performance of procedures from the outset of training to establish proper habit patterns. The trainer will find it much more difficult to correct faulty habits later in training than it is to foster correct habits from the beginning.